everyone. Welcome to um, episode three of uh, Let's Talk Talent podcast. Um, wow. I know it's crazy, isn't it? Third, yeah. third episode already. Yeah, it only, seem, only seems like yesterday we were doing our first one. Um, uh, once again, I'm joined by Joe. Hello, Joe. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm enjoying the sunshine in the office. You know what can be what can be bad on a sunny day. Very true. Very true. Okay, so this um, so for this episode, I wanna I wanna try and tackle uh, organisational design. Okay. Um, now, organ- organisational design to me um, and I'm not an HR professional, uh, but organisational design to me is, is is all around, you know, do you have the right shape, size, skills, people doing the right work, spending the right money in the right areas, ultimately having the right processes in place to deliver your business strategy. Um, as HR professionals, like, how, how how do you go about this? Like, how, how do you go about getting tr- you know, true organisational design? How do you tackle that problem? Organisational design starts and stops with the business strategy. Yeah. And any good organisational design leader needs to understand what is that company's North Star. So the way that I always think about organisational design is thinking, what's your business strategy? What's the time frame in which you need to deliver it? Do you have the roles in place to enable that to be delivered? And then, only then do you start to look at the people, so the performance and the potential of your people. The magic of organisational design is when you put the two, the roles and the people together. So what you've got versus what you need. And that gives you an organisational design plan from which you can make decisions, whether that is structural change, whether that is um, an aqu- you know your workforce plan for your talent acquisition team, whether that's um, more investment in terms of new skills capability within your organisation. So it starts and stops ultimately with where's your business going, in what time frame, do you have the roles, do you have the people, and then you can make strategic decisions about. Um, the activity that kind of flows from it. And have you got any examples um, from your experience working with organisations for a number of years of um, people that have done those plans well? So I think the business that springs to mind um, is Dentsu Aegis Network. Uh-huh. So um, they're a global um, advertising and marketing business. Yeah. So they have um, a really strong philosophy around organizational design because it's they have an acquisition business where they have different brands working within them so the network um, is huge um, but they need to be able to understand who their future leaders are um, who their high potentials are and where they're going to invest in terms of their L&D. So they continually have a rolling approach to um, talent identification and organisational design. So it's not a static um, plan that they come up with um, you know, every five years and never mm. look at it again. They're constantly evaluating because they need to move with the market, um, the roles that they need and the people that they have within them so that they can um, maximise um, their return, both in terms of the return for their um, business, 
because they operate on a very lean margin, but also have a philosophy where everybody is talent. And we talked about that in, in podcast two. Um, so they really want to make sure that they're being fair and consistent. And I guess one of the other keys then, just honing on one bit you said, is is that constantly evaluating the process. So it's not just kind of a one-off activity. It's that constantly looking at it, evaluating is really important. Yeah, I think it is really important because otherwise it just becomes something that um, sits on a HR database. Um, if you're not really evaluating whether you are moving people, you know, people are able to move within your organisation, whether you are, um, if you have big gaps in your leadership, who are the, you know, your succession planning coming from it, um, you know, you're linking it to your workforce plan and you're making sure that you're bringing in the right people with the skills and capabilities that you need for the future. I think if you don't do that, um, then it becomes something that um, is done and not valued. And the best approaches like Dentsu, um, Talk Talk, HarperCollins, companies that we've kind of talked about over the last three podcasts, um, all do is they use that as a way of making strategic decisions. And that's what, for me, OD is about, is about making the right decisions um, at the right speed that ultimately gives you the maximum return. And which will ultimately deliver that business strategy. Yeah, because why would you want to identify your talent um, and start to think about making investment decisions if it didn't ultimately give you a return, which is your business? And is, is simplicity key? Yeah, I think simplicity is really key because there's there's loads of old school thinking around OD. So you'll hear, and all of you will probably laugh um, as you're hearing me say this, but the sort of nine box grid or some people have a four <laughs> box and even some people have a six box. And people stick rigidly to a process around putting people into boxes. And I'm not a massive fan of, of those processes because I think they give you a, a reason um, for not moving people rather than actually trying to activate activate someone's potential and think about the individual. Um, and people talk about, oh, well, I was in the high potential box this year and then suddenly I'm not in that box. And it just, it becomes something that's a real dis- derailleur and um, dis- it's not an engagement tool at all. Um, so I think keep it really simple and start to think about how who's in charge of it I was going to ask that yeah who, like, who owns it so I think it ha- I think to a certain extent a bit like we've talked about before I think HR have to set the foundation so when I was a talent director I set the philosophy around talent identification and OD but it was managed by the business partners and the business and the CEOs of those that business and I think that that really worked because while I might have been um, curating the group plan for the CEO and the CHRO, the actual plan was owned by the MDs of the business. So they had an active part to play and therefore um, there were much more strategic discussions about um, the talent um, within those businesses because it wasn't owned by as a process. If OD becomes a process, it just becomes something about 
you know, we're going to move that, you know, market, we're going to take a marketing team within a division and we're going to put them into group. Yeah, that might be the right decision, but what are the inputs that you needed to make that decision? How are you then going to communicate that? And what's going to be different and how are you going to measure it? Having a process gives you the guide rails ultimately to, um, you know, drive a fair and consistent approach, but it can turn leaders off. So think about how you bring conversation into that, how um, you get different opinions. So some OD processes have 360 feedback in it, mm. for example. Um, others um, a pure interview. Um, what you know? What's the what's the output that you need, um, and who is then going to communicate that? Because otherwise, it just becomes a plan or a document that sits in a you know a work day or an oracle or an SAP. So my, I guess my, my final question, Joe. Um, what would be your advice to our listeners for for an OD approach? So I think my advice, and we sort of talked about it, is to keep it really simple. Link it back to your business strategy. Get the business involved, and measure the success. But do it, but don't have it as a static approach or a process. Have it as something that you just do regularly within your business. So that decisions made about structure, about scale, about the size or the shape of your business have um, the right inputs um, at, to make those to make those critical decisions. Brilliant. As always. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> um, thank you all again for for listening. Um, one and again, please do subscribe. Um, and bye for now. Bye.